Have you ever considered what makes a brand successful? How one brand supersedes another in the hospitality landscape? Well, it's never a coincidence. It's always a product of well thought out branding strategy that captures the essence of your story. That's why principal design is making brands happen in cafes, restaurants, bars, and venues by crafting experiences that gives customers a reason to choose you. They are raising the standard of our industry and helping venues realize that strong brand presence is the key that unlocks all the good stuff like increased foot traffic, higher engagement, and overall happy customers. Branding ultimately becomes the face that engages your audience, delights them at every moment of their dining experience, and eventually earns their loyalty. Because you're part of the Poe community, we'd love to help you kickstart your brand journey. For a limited time only, Principal Design is offering free strategy sessions for our listeners. So jump over to the bio in the podcast description and book your time slot. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We are straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now, with today's podcast, Lamanas is an Australian family-owned and operated business based at Essendon Fields in Melbourne. It sits in Hangar 89 in a 10,000 square metre shopping food emporium that is without doubt one of the best food retail experiences in Australia. As we will learn today, Lamana is a third generation family business with humble beginnings that has been thoughtfully positioned into a leader in the food retailing sector. Today we will learn about the journey of Lamana, an upcoming recruitment weekend and its plans for the future. So it's a privilege to sit down with the CEO, Patrick Lamana, today. Hey, Patrick, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I am very, very well. Great to have you on the podcast today. Obviously, Lamana has been a brand which has been around for a long period of time in Victoria. Let's have a chat about how Lamana Supermarket at Essendon Fields started out as a brand in Victoria. Okay. Well, look, the story really begins uh, 1948. My grandfather, Nono Pasquale, came out from uh, Regal Calabria. Actually, funny enough, he... He landed, he came by a plane and he landed outside of our Essendon Fields store. Mm. Um, originally that was Melbourne's International Airport and um, the terminal was directly outside the shop. So the first thing he saw was our shop when he walked through uh, the terminal. Wow. It was uh, it's kind of funny that we end up back here after 60 plus years. Mm. So, um, But when he first came to Australia, as many Italian immigrants did, worked on a farm picking uh, veggies out in Colac and... Uh, four years later, as a 20-year-old still boy, and he was a, a real Italian-looking man, dark skin from the southern region of Italy, they kind of had that look and feel, and they mm-hmm. looked very young. Mm-hmm. You know, as an entrepreneur from early age, he opened up his first fruit shop at 20 um, on the corner of Murray and Gilbert Street in Preston. 
um, and, you know, lived two doors down. And next door to him was his, his sister and her husband and their kids. So mm. um, that was his first shop, uh, one of many. Over the next, say, 20-plus years, opened up around 13 stores across Melbourne. Wow. Yeah. A lot of them bought and sold and, you know, some worked, some didn't. Um, but he wasn't afraid of trying something new. Yeah, right. He actually had uh, the first drive through fruit shop in Australia. What? Um, yeah. Where was that? Um, Springvale Road, uh, Nunawading. Okay. It's now a subway, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, but, yeah, he tried tried everything. He also had the first uh, fruit shop that was self-serve. So we're too young for this, but back in those days um, at a grocery store, in particular the fruit and veg store, you wouldn't pick your own produce. You'd give a list to a, a team member. They'd go get it for you and bring it back, like mm. over-the-counter kind of service. And mm-hmm. he opened up the first one that was self-serve, and he copped a fair bit of heat. People were saying, Pat Lamont is crazy. He's going to go broke. He won't make it work. And I think he had this mentality of, I've got to prove people wrong at any cost. And, you know, eventually, um, you know, every store is now self-serve mm. from a produce point of view. You know, one picks your stock for you. But he did well. He did very well. And uh, around 1972, he decided to get into banana wholesaling. So he bought a business that was uh, not doing too well in the, in the wholesale market. Bananas were... You know, one of the new things had always been around, of course, but, you know, there was a bit of a, a big jump in sales and mm. started wholesaling bananas. Yeah, it became quite a large family business. We had warehouses, farms in uh, four different states across Australia, supplying a number of uh, national brands um, with our bananas. Mm-hmm. Up until about mid-2000s when um, our business was sold to a New Zealand company and is still going now under a brand called uh, Lamana Premier. Um, which are one of the biggest, uh, I believe, growers and, and wholesalers of fruit and veg in the country. My, my father at the time kind of semi-retired and after a couple of years decided it was time for him to get back into business again. I just finished school. We opened up Lamana Direct, which was an online e-commerce business delivering fruit and veg and groceries to the east of Melbourne. Um, we're from that side originally, so a bit far from where we are now in Essendon. After <laughs> a little bit of time, we decided, you know, for us to be able to compete and grow. And obviously, food e-com back then was very new. Mm. Um, there wasn't many wasn't many players, if any, in the market at the time. Mm. We looked for a bigger site. We'd come across this 10,000-square-metre building at Essendon Fields, the old Essendon Airport. Um, it was a pretty run-down, derelict building. You know, the front of it, there was no car park. It was actually, um, believe it or not, there was a shed there on grass with a fence. There was tractors. There was um, storage. Somehow he had a vision, my father, for this site. And I think everyone, including myself, thought, no, nah, what is he doing? Like mm. my grandfather, this guy is crazy. He's going to go broke. <laughs> everyone felt that and no one had the belief that he had. And he could just feel it and he could see it when he walked in. And uh, all of a sudden we went from being an e-com retailer to just opening a uh, Australia's largest independent supermarket in Essendon Fields. Yeah, it's been almost 12 years now. Wow. Um, well done. Thank you. How When I f- first started working with you, and, and we'll talk about how that connects at the end of the podcast, but people ask me when I said I'm you know doing some work with Lamana now, they go, like, oh, I love Brunswick or I love South Yarra. Yeah. And I knew that was different mm. to what, Lamana supermarket is at Essendon Fields. Can you just explain the difference between the different brands that sit in the market? Yeah, I think when we first opened, it was really confusing because being in Essendon, um, you know, north of Melbourne and Brunswick is in just the inner north and it's been around for probably 40 years now, if not longer, mm. 50 years, the Brunswick store. So mm-hmm. my grandfather originally opened up that shop. It was his best shop and the one he held on to for the longest. He sold that, I think, in the early to mid-90s. 
and to a, a family called the Paddy family, um, really good people. They still own operate that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when they bought the business, naturally they buy the name, and as it's called Lamana Fresh, and uh, they've got Organics by Lamana a few doors down as well. There, there is no direct business relationship in terms of we don't operate together by any means, um, but still a really close fr- family friendship there. Mm-hmm. My father will go visit them quite often and have a bit of a chat and a coffee. I still remember as a kid going there all the time with my mum. But yeah, no business relationship at all. And the South Yarra one is actually uh, my cousins Brandon and Jordan and their father Greg. So they've got uh, La Mater and Sons Cremorne, the cafe, and uh, just around the corner in South Yarra, they've got uh, La Mater and Sons, the the fruit shop grocer. So again, no direct business relationship. I mean, I talk to them very frequently, if not almost every day. So yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm glad we cleared that up because yeah, it's it's like a good confusion. Because I was in I was in Lamana and Sons in Cremorne last <laughs> yeah. week. It was nice to know there is that connection, but obviously the the supermarket brand which sits in Ensignum Fields being the biggest. Let's talk about how you started out in the business and how you came to be CEO. Okay. So I guess with the uh, online business, that was a really small team. There was uh, myself, father, we had a, a CFO and then a team of workers who were, you know, going, to, I was going to the market with one of our buyers as well, mm-hmm. one for an edge, but we had a, a team picking and packing orders, probably had maximum 12 people, I reckon, at its peak. Wow. So we did everything as you do in small family businesses. And when we decided to open up the store, that continued just on a much larger scale where you do everything. So we had a team of 10 people that opened up the uh, store, most with no experience in supermarket retail, but just passionate, trustworthy people that we knew would help us get um, or create the vision that we had. So when we first opened, uh, I guess what you would call is the majority of CEO type tasks without having a, um, a title. title. Mm. Yeah, we kind of started without titles. Mm. There was no structure. There was no need for it in our mind at the time. Just have to get things going and see where it goes. We started off with a team of around about 60 people and now we can't really open the store without 60 people um, each day but yeah I think after about four or five years as we started to become a bigger business employ more people got up to around high threes 380 390 people we decided we needed to create a structure just for obviously as you would in a business that size clarity of who's who what everyone's responsibility is single Mm. focus and in family businesses everyone gets involved in everything I needed to create a space where that didn't continue to happen that way where everyone felt involved still, but they had their responsibilities. Our managers and our, and our senior team would do their job. Mm. So we now have a, a C-level team of eight people, as well as myself, and uh, everyone operates their own their own side of the business, their own departments, teams beneath them that report to them directly. Very complex business. We retail, we hospi- hospitality, we manufacture, so there's a lot of crossover, but uh, I guess my job is to drive the values and the principles and ensure that you know, our team are reaching their personal and professional goals at work uh, each week and have a strong alignment to our HR and people and culture side. For a person who hasn't been to Lamana at Essendon Fields before, how do you explain it? Because you've been so close to it for such a long time, but it is such a dynamic business. Mm. How do you explain it to someone? Uh, we've been discussing this a fair bit lately. We've mm. actually been looking at our value proposition and kind of discussing what is that one thing that gets people going, oh, Wow, lots to learn more, know more. And look, every business has many different value propositions. And in supermarkets or food retail, people start to think quality, service, offer, um, all these different things. And you can get that in many places. But there's one key thing I think that makes us just a little bit more different than the rest. It's the fact that it's the biggest independent store in the country. Mm. So when you think about we've got great products, great service, great quality, safe and clean environment, yeah, that's great. But on a 
10,000 square meter site. Wow, I can just imagine how big that is and what's going on in a space that big versus you can have all those things in a 200 square meter site. Mm. So I think that we feel like the, the sheer, so, sheer size of the place really distinguishes it a bit more. But, you know, we, we're a hospitality business, we're a retail business, we manufacture. So you've got the cafe on site, breakfast, lunch, um, service, Take away the whole lot. Your full-fledged deli, as you would expect in any kind of uh, Mediterranean grocer. Seafood, uh, fresh seafood that we you know, we fill it every day, fresh from the market. We've got our butcher department, where again we're we're breaking down bodies um, every day. Fruit and veg, which we're obviously most known for across the last sixty years as a family. Our patisserie, so everything from your cannolis up to you know your celebration cakes, groceries, dairy freezer, bakery, liquor all those different categories, and then our take-home meals, which we manufacture ourselves, which I think are a really good um, draw card for our customers. But ultimately, we've got a, a range of products across all those categories, which you wouldn't get in your majors. A, a one-stop shop for everything in a really big space. Is there a reason you went down that path of creating those different departments and not just going down a traditional supermarket kind of route of like building things in or taking away that talent from the brand, like the the major, you know, Woolworths and Coles have sort of done over the last 10 to 20 years? Well, I guess we've got to distinguish ourselves, right? You're mm. going to have a unique selling point yep. and heaps of them. And I guess the way to be better at than them and your competitors is to do really good what they do poorly. And at the, I guess, at the core of what we do um, is our family values and a customer service and the environment. Um, it should be like coming into your home. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're coming into my home, you know, would you like a coffee, as you offered me when I walked in? Yep. Um, but would you like a coffee? Can I take your jacket? Mm. You know, grab a seat here. Mm. Um, you know, you're hungry. That kind of feel you should be able to get when you come into a retail store. You wouldn't get that in the major supermarkets. That's the nature of the beast. Mm. But you should feel that way when you come into our place. It should feel like home. What's it like running a – what's the great thing about running a family business? Because I've been lucky enough mm. for myself to work in a number of different family businesses and for like Ferguson Player and Bakes Delight and brands like that. Yep where family is incredibly important. What's the great things about it? There's heaps of great, and there's obviously all, you know some challenging things as well. Mm. Um, i say the great part for me is that I'm kind of lucky. So I've got two young children, four-year-old daughter Paris and one-year-old son Vincent. Uh, this morning, you know, after school drop-off, my wife comes in with my son. I spend a bit of time with him. He sees my dad. Sees my father-in-law because he works in the shop as well. Sees my brother-in-laws because they're there. My mum came in, so he sees her. And I've got seven nieces and nephews, which, you know, are very, they're my world. All, all of our kids are very close. And the, the fact that I can see them as frequently as I do has more meaning than anything else. Mm. And I think that without the way that I just naturally work, I probably wouldn't see them very often at all. So it's a blessing that I'm able to, to spend that time with them and my parents as well because they're there quite often, even though... You know, Dad's semi-retired, but I get to see him very often. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time together, always have, and I like it like that. And, I, you know, make decisions based around, will doing this or doing that impact my ability to see my family as often as we do? And then uh, extend that to our team members as well, hopefully um, make them feel like they're a part of our family, which I know is kind of a cliche thing to say. Um, mm. But I do have a lot of real family in the business. Yeah, for um, sure. There's another Pat Lamana that works in the business. He runs our deli department, Uncle Pat, you know, and his son used to work for us and sort of his other son. And, mm. you know, a lot of that happens with a lot of our team members where their kids and their family work with us. So I think that creating that real family environment is probably the best part about that. Mm. It's not just a family business. It really is a lot of family there. So and that ability to be able to make decisions um, without having to go through a board of directors um, or go up the line for approval 
go with your gut sometimes and obviously you've got to have a strong strategy at times a lot of the time but you can also go with your gut and just do things that are more about passion more than just about profit yep um so that's a real good great benefit of family business especially with a like a this isn't just a family business it's a generational family business right so Mm. i'm wondering do you do you often reflect on how your dad would think about a process or how your grandfather would have thought about a process in the business in order for you to make the decisions that you make? I've spent a lot of time with my dad and grandfather. I used to work with my grandfather as well. Wow. Um, when I was a kid, he, yeah. had, a, he had a nursery in Donvale and uh, was a minute from home. So I'd go work there after school and on my weekends and, and whatnot. I can see how we're all so closely related. We're very similar but different at the same time. You can see how over the, the generations thinking has changed. Um, and what worked well then doesn't work now. And what works well now wouldn't work then. Mm. And a lot of good learning from that. But ultimately, coming back to um, being humble is probably the biggest learning from from them. Now that that just transcends generations where a lot of other things just don't. Yeah, for sure. Um, so these days, especially with mental health, you've got to have a lot of patience for, for people and have a lot of empathy and sympathy for people's situations, which, you know, wouldn't have been a thing of the past, especially in the fruit and veg market 30, 100%. 40 years ago. But these are still things that they taught me personally that I can now bring into the workplace. One of the other reasons I wanted to obviously have you on the show is where we're having a recruitment weekend on the 5th and 6th of November. This is obviously something the brand has never done before. Mm-hmm. Why did you want to take it on board? Why did you want to run with it and launch this in a couple of weeks' time? Look, as you know, everyone's struggling right now to recruit people in particular great people and we've had a really strong focus uh, over the last couple of years of since COVID hit rebuilding our culture and ensuring that we make the right decisions for the right reasons on on staff and recruitment you know if we're going to talk and and live and breathe our values we've got to employ team members who live them themselves yeah they've got to really believe in those values and it's got to be something that we can sense when we do recruit and then we go through that process where you know, Samantha, who heads up our people and culture team, or Liana, who's her coordinator, her uh, assistant, where post-interview, dependent on timing, I will meet with those team members before or after they get employed so that we can start to build a relationship. And that meeting is really just me getting to know you as a person, mm. make sure I feel comfortable with you joining our team because you're going to be wearing my family's name on your top. And that's important. You can't not give them the time. How can I not give you 15 to... 30 or 45 minutes of my time when you're going to put your time out there and you know you're going to have more impact on our customers and I will personally and face to face so we don't want to just go and employ anyone um, and we've never really been about that we need to get the right people fit our culture and want to be part of that family environment so we need to go to different lengths now to make that that work and in this case you know partnering with yourself has been fantastic to find great people to join our business and doing a recruitment drive and an in-store high tea, as we're calling it. Mm. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get us some some better candidates to come through and join our team and otherwise just give some people some insight into what actually happens at Lamana. So really, it's like a reverse interview. They get to sit down and ask us questions about what we do and if they like us and what we're all about, then, okay, let's talk further. Is it hard with new people who come into the business, especially a generational family business like you have, to embed and, and allow them to sort of understand the journey of what Lamana is and the sort of family values that you want to have in the team because family is used a lot with a lot of different hospitality brands as being something that's in their mantra and something they talk about as their ethos but 
Lamano has been one of the only brands which I've known to really live and breathe that and not because they are only a generational family business like you have, but because the team really believe it, understand it and push it through. Is that is that a hard thing to actually impart on team members coming through? Sometimes. It could be based on their personal or professional experience and what's been, I guess, taught to them over that period. So one of the questions I actually ask new team members of any age or any role, what do you believe is the most important role that you have to play every day when you come to work as a Lamana team member in any role. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting how many of the younger um, team members, the ones that are probably still at school, never worked before, actually get this answer right. Right, Um, okay. And a lot of them get get it, when I say wrong, there's no direct wrong answer, but you can see it was very much driven based on the corporate values of their previous employer. Mm. So the most important thing for us, and I'm giving away the answer for any of the kids that are listening <laughs> or anyone who's listening who's, who yes. wants to apply for a job, yeah. it's about making sure that you make your teammates happy, you know, as you would family. Interesting. So, you know, coming to work and, you know, wanting to engage with your teammates like you would when you're with your friends. I mean, you know, you go out to any cafe with your friends or to a pub and whatever you do to have a good time. And you're engaging with them, you're happy to see them. Hey, mate, how you doing? Hug, kiss, whatever it might possibly be. And you're just, you're lively. I want people to bring that to work. Mm. Just be yourself, right? And if, you know, if, if it's not quite in you to be that out there and maybe you're a bit more introverted, well, that's okay. Be that version of yourself. But engage with people like uh, you care about them. We should. There's no reason why we shouldn't. Mm. Um, and if we create an environment where we really enjoy working alongside each other, work should be easy because it becomes more like hanging out with mates. Mm. Of course, doing your work, but it will just flow easy and customers will feel that. Whereas if I feel that if you go, well, customer service is number one, of course, supremely important. You're nothing without your customers, but mm. it's got to be real. It's got to be genuine. So if you're already in this positive and energetic frame of mind because you're around people that you love, or love to be around, well, that customer service will be natural mm. rather than being forced. Mm. And we like to try and find people who want to be part of that mm. and make sure they're in a role that fits them too, You know, yeah. that they actually enjoy doing and enjoy being around those people. How do you, as a brand, how do you go about finding new customers? Because I, I kind of feel like obviously, you know, you are the biggest independent supermarket in Australia. Mm. Do you find it's purely destinational and that it's a lot of word of mouth that actually happens about Lamana rather than, you know, having a hundred stores across the country and that's how people find out about you? Well, I guess you're always learning about your customers and um, where they're coming from, their shopping habits and whatnot. And since COVID, that has really been turned on its head. Mm. Um, if I look at pre-COVID, based on where we're located and the kind of offer that we have, especially on, especially on the weekends, a lot of people would come from all over Melbourne to come to the store. Um, whether it be for a day trip, um, come and look and see and do a big shop and go home once every week, once every fortnight, whatever it might be. People from interstate come on their way home sometimes. Mm. And I think that really is word of mouth more than anything else. We've never done a lot of advertising. I mean, obviously you've got social media and whatnot, but there's never been a lot of advertising spend out there for us. But I guess post-COVID where people's habits changed and the 5 and 10K a kilometre radius was a big killer for us because if you think about where we are, you've got three kilometres um, around us that has no one living. Yes. It's Crown Land, it's an airport, right? Mm. And a lot of those customers who did come from far, I feel their habits have changed a fair bit. So, you know, we've got to change our, um, I guess, our tact on how we actually communicate to customers and how do we get access to those people again. Mm. But the strongest thing would always be for us, word of mouth, because, you know, the impact you can have on a customer in store 
can be so great that it, they can talk to 10 people who talk to 10 people who talk to 10 people. If they can interact with your product and your brand, be it verbally to their friends or on their own social media, it costs you nothing. Mm. That's the experience I should have regardless. It shouldn't be about using them to communicate your brand. Just give them a wow experience and just naturally they'll talk about it. Because you've got a loyalty program as well, right, with Inside the Brand. How long have you had that for? Uh, look, we've had the, the loyalty program since day one. Mm. Um, it did change uh, when COVID hit. It was just pure coincidence that the week we had a closure when uh, J- uh, July 2020, mm. um, so July, I think it was July 10, we had to close for 17 days. We had forecast or planned a uh, point of sale program changeover a year earlier to happen July 1. Wow. Not good timing. No. But once you're committed <laughs> to it, you have to do it because all that data merging had to be done. Yep. Turn off, turn on. Kind of really terrible timing for that. Uh, when it flipped over, it kind of threw everything on its head and we never kind of, kind of got back to where it needed to be. Yep. Uh, but we are in the process right now of engaging with some external uh, rewards program providers, systems that can allow us to really, I guess, speak intelligently to our customers, understand how they shop and what they're shopping for and what really matters to them most so we can tailor an offer to the individual rather than to the mass um, and reward people for their loyalty. So I would say just post Christmas, we might be able to launch that. Um, should be quite exciting and really give back to our customers. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about what the plans are for the group in the next sort of one to two years. Like when I talk with people um, and I remember that first engagement post I did saying that I was going to be working with Lamanas at the start of the year when we sort of first caught up and said that we'd do some recruitment together. And the love and the messages that I got from people both in that post and outside that post was just extreme. Like it was just to another point that I hadn't seen before. And whenever I talk to people about Lamana, there's always a story. They're always like, oh my God, like I love what they're doing. How are you wanting to better that experience or elevate that experience over the next couple of years? As you kind of have touched on there, there's a lot of love for our brand and we're aware of that. But no matter how much love there is, you've got to keep evolving. Mm. Uh, and, you know, over the years, we've if you came in day one to now, if you've been coming every week or every month over that period, you would have seen things change quite often, good and bad and in between. Again, that whole gut thing has come into play a lot of times where we just thought, you know what, if we could do this, we could do this better, we could change that, we could do this, always for good reasons, right? Mm. Um, you know, it comes a point where you've got to be a bit more strategic about it and have a, a, a long-term plan. And, you know, we're, we're lucky that we've got what I consider as the best landlords in Australia. Uh, of no offence to any other landlords, <laughs> I don't have any others myself, but, you know, as Essendon Fields being one landlord across the whole park, um, the airport and DFO, they work really closely with us to ensure that we're successful because the more successful that we are, the more tenants they get into their site. So, yep. you know, there's a reason for it, but it's genuine. And the Lynn Fox family, um, Andrew Fox in particular, hopefully he can hear this, but I have a lot of love for that man. He's really been a great supporter of ours over the time. And, you know, we've just signed on for another 15 years and we've got a couple of options on top of that. So we've got a long time in Essendon Fields, Mm. um, committed to that. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to commit to the next phase of our business um, rather than committing elsewhere. We've been working with a uh, design firm called Landini Associates. For me, the best retail design um, firm in Australia, based out of Sydney. Uh, They do a lot of work all across the world. They head up the Ray Project, which is McDonald's um, mm. across the world. Their concept stores, so New York Times Square is one of their designs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Essalunga in, in Italy, uh, Loblaws in Canada, uh, an amazing store in Maple Leaf, Gard- Maple Leaf Gardens in uh, Toronto, which is kind of what drove me to contact Landini. Marks and Spencers in the UK, a 
couple of other uh, large national brands in Australia as well, mm-hmm. and a couple of small ones, and you know even um, clothing retail as well. So we reached out to them about creating a concept and a, a redesign of our store, which had to be uh, world class, nothing but. Uh, there was no point just giving it a facelift. It needed to be a complete, I guess, redesign of the current format. And we mm. look, we've got this beautiful 120 year old building. You know, it used to, well, it's actually three buildings in one. It used to be a, an airplane hangar where they'd fix the, the planes for TAA, which is ANSET. Wow. That's funny how many people actually come in and say, I used to work here. Wow, really? So a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of people that lived in the north um, yeah, actually right. worked in that site. You know, you walk out the back into our loading dock and there's uh, enough space in there for a couple of footy fields. You've got <laughs> the old cranes that are still in there that could lift up a plane and they still operate, just we've never used them. Mm. And we thought, you know what, we've got to expose the... I guess the beautiful nature and features of our building, um, the steelwork, the brickwork, the the trusses. We thought, you know what, we need to go all out here. We need to use the airspace. We need to reconnect our customers with our food and, and showcase the people behind that because we do everything ourselves, and you can't tell with the way the current format is. So, mm. you know, we're going to bring in um, extra hospitality spaces in the store. So, you, you know, any part of the store you walk into, there will be a hospitality space, whether it be seated or, I guess, walk around market style. Mm-hmm. There is going to be uh, some new retail formats in there as well. Mm-hmm. I can't give away too much, of course, but mm-hmm. there's going to be, uh, you know, cooking classes. So the ability to learn how to bring food together, the kind of thing you might potentially be able to learn when you go to, say, Tuscany, Italy, where you learn how to, to make things from scratch, especially Italian style, and just discover and enjoy food in a different environment and elevate us to be 10 years ahead of the competition. Mm. So, And you know, all of that's going to be done with heart and soul. That will never change. Some exciting things coming. I'd love to share more about it, and hopefully soon we'll be able to. Um, yep. We're pretty far down the track with these, this design with Landini, and they've been very patient with uh, us and myself in particular, but... Sure. For good reason, I think that COVID changed our view on what we wanted to do there and how we wanted to go about that. And I'm really excited about what, how it's going to come to fruition. So yeah, yeah. Would you ever go to other sites other than Essendon Fields and expand the Lamana brand? Because I know you probably get offers about that all the time from landlords yeah. around the country, right? We do, and we've had some really good offers from um, you know shopping centres to you know sites on main roads, and mm. you know I always listen. Don't often say no up front. just like to know what's going on and just consider options. But right now, there isn't a, a plan for that. I would never say never. But that whole family piece I was speaking about before, do I want for things to get harder or easier? Mm. Now, there's a theory out there that a bigger business gets easier because, you know... More people. More people. Mm. But it doesn't take away the entrepreneur inside of you. It just makes it probably a bit worse. Yeah. And I'm very much committed to giving my family as much time as I possibly can. And, you know, my father, no different than his father, spent a lot of time away from, from home because of work. Uh, my father would, you know, get to work at 11 p.m. and come home at 2, 3 in the afternoon, sleep, wake up for dinner, sleep, go to work. Uh, and, you know, when we had sites across all of Australia for the banana business, he'd be interstate every week. Wow. So, yeah, and I know how much he... he regrets that he gets emotional about it and that's why he's got so much love for his nine grandchildren mm. you know he's got nine under 12 which is wow. fun. yeah <laughs> seven under six at yeah. the moment Jeez. um i don't want to do that to my family no amount of success or money is worth that uh, success is about family not mm. about um business uh, again never say never but we'd have to be in a position where it doesn't make it harder 
mm. which is hard when you put so much heart and soul into it. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, to just let go. I don't know if I could do that. Mm. But, you know, I'm always open to offers and, and to the ideas and to um, considering things. But our focus right now is on just making that world-class experience at Essendon Fields. And I guess once we get that right, maybe we might be able to replicate that. Mm. Mm. Is it your hope, I know how often you think about this, but for the nine grandkids to be involved in the business further on? Because I think if, if we're talking about your story today with your grandfather and obviously your father, like making these real milestone moments in the brand and, and bringing their legacy to the brand so it can continue on mm. with the family. And I feel like you're kind of doing that with this elevation of what Essendon Fields will be, although it's already an amazing experience. Are you doing that for future development for the family? Look, I mean, everything you do is about for your family and for your yeah. kids, right? Um, but doing that for them to join the business, I mean, luckily for me, I've got a bit of time to think about that. Yeah. My older sister um, and brother-in-law, their oldest uh, child is 12, so they haven't got as much time to think about it. Um, and then they've got an 11-year-old and then it goes down. So, look, would nine cousins work well together? Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I don't think in any business that works well. True. And I think that as the generations go on, I think each family needs to forge their own path. And honestly, we talk about it quite often mm. because it's important that we do have these honest conversations because we want our kids to be as close as they are now forever. And business can impact that in a major way. I just want them all to do what makes them happy, that that's something they're passionate about. As long as whatever they do, they give it their role and are the best version of that. Mm. That's what matters most. And I'm not going to push or encourage my kids to join the business because that wouldn't be fair. You know, they shouldn't have to feel like all my sister's kids. They shouldn't have to feel like it's their duty. Mm. It should just be what they want to do in any form and be good people, be humble. And if that means that one, two or nine of them work in the shop, great. I'll have to make sure they've got um, a set role (laughs) and a structure that uh, ensures that they get along. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't imagine that would happen. I think, uh, think that um, there might be a couple mm. um, but you know at the end of the day it's um, a family business no matter who works in the business it's still the family business yep for sure yeah pat thanks for coming on the show today mate it's been um, awesome to have you here to talk about this story of lamana and really what you guys are venturing for the next you know couple of years like it's obviously really exciting so i appreciate your time what's the best way that people can find out more about lamana and um and do a bit of research well naturally um the internet of things is always a good place to start. So social media is obviously a great way of looking at what we produce and our people and our products and daily contents on there, right? But you never can quite understand what it's about until you come in store. Mm. And you know what? No matter where you are in Melbourne, off the Tullamarine Freeway, it's not um, hard to get there. Free parking and plenty of it. As you know, when you go uh, retail or grocery shopping, um, it does take you a bit of time. Um, but it's okay. you got great food and great coffee there. So come for lunch, come for breakfast, shop before, after, meet with family and friends and experience it for real. But I guess you can get a taste of that through our, our website or through our socials, Lamana Melbourne um, for Instagram. Come and store. Come yeah. and experience it for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to be in the podcast notes so you can go and visit Lamana, especially if you're coming uh, to Melbourne from interstate, if you're listening to this podcast. like Drop into Lamana on your way to the city because it really is – a different food retail experience. It's when I recruit people, uh, I'm lucky to recruit people into this brand. The first question I always ask them is, have they been to Lamana at Essendon Fields? Because you can't really compare it to anything else. Uh, the other thing in this podcast bio as well 
is just a little link that if you want to come to the recruitment weekend on the 5th and 6th of November, that you can book in there, you can have a conversation with us for that weekend, the 20 to 30 minute meetings, uh, and then you can really experience Lamata for yourself and think if you want to jump on board this amazing and growing team. Thanks, Pat, for coming on the podcast. No, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing it along, your reviews, giving it a five-star. We'd really, really appreciate it. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder, has a design business called Principle Design, and it's one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding, and graphic design, you can find them at principledesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. We also have a new onboarding and training brand called 42 Days. You can check them out at 42days.co. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode. And until next time, stay safe, everyone. Have you ever considered what makes a brand successful? How one brand supersedes another in the hospitality landscape? Well, it's never a coincidence. It's always a product of well-thought-out branding strategy that captures the essence of your story. That's why Principal Design is making brands happen in cafes, restaurants, bars, and venues by crafting experiences that gives customers a reason to choose you. They are raising the standard of our industry and helping venues realize that strong brand presence is the key that unlocks all the good stuff like increased foot traffic, higher engagement, and overall happy customers. Branding ultimately becomes the face that engages your audience, delights them at every moment of their dining experience, and eventually earns their loyalty. Because you're part of the Poe community, we'd love to help you kickstart your brand journey. For a limited time only, Principal Design is offering free strategy sessions for our listeners. So jump over to the bio in the podcast description and book your time slot.